Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Coming up, my conversation with one of the two people, the two customers in that Tyndall Park Liquor Mart when it was violently robbed. We're also going to talk to Danny Schur and Marshall Williams, the creator of the movie Stan Dan, one of the stars. Stan getting a Canada-wide release at Cineplex next Friday. And we will also talk to animal communicator Jay Morgan Safer. She talks to the animals. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, the podcast. Big story at CGOB.com. Liquor Mart customer says thieves came in screaming their heads off. That's Pat. I uh, Pat reached, Pat's a listener. Pat reached out to me, said, Hal, I was one of two people in that Liquor Mart uh, in Tyndall Park when it all happened. And I'll just say this before I, I play it. If you missed the whole interview on Jeff Courier show, I'm going to play it for you again here now. But uh, so often uh, we rely on you uh, for tips and leads on stories. And in this case, an eyewitness account of what happened. We've seen the video. You can see the video at cgob.com. It's disturbing. It is. Shocking. And uh, again, I've, I've said this many times, but... I just don't understand how this can be happening, but it's happening. Here is the interview, and some of the details in here um, we've since heard from police. So I've got uh, Constable Carver coming up. But this is what Pat told me this morning before Winnipeg police held their news conference. So there may be a couple of inaccuracies in here. Um, but rather than spend a bunch of time editing them out, I wanted to hear, to hear what Pat had to say to me, and then I'll get into what police I have told us about the situation. So again, Pat, one of two customers in the Tyndall Park Liquor Mart when it was robbed. Take a listen. I was in the back corner of the store looking at looking for a bottle of whiskey, and, and they came in the store screaming their heads off, swearing, saying, don't look at us. You want to get stabbed? We're going to stab you. If you look at us, you come near us, we're going to stab you. They had knives in their hands. And uh, they just went right to the back wall and started loading up their shit. And what were you thinking as all this was going down? Oh, no. It's happening. And and honestly, it was in my mind before I even went in that place. Really? You know? Just because it's in the news. Wow, you know? And then, sure, just my luck. And I I went to Safeway next door to get some, (laughs) to do some shopping. I said, I'll make a quick visit in there. And uh, obviously, that was the wrong choice to do, but... Fortunately, nothing happened to me, but yeah, they, uh, after they were done loading their booze, they got to walk by all the employees to get out of there. And then they started demanding for money out of the register. They wanted like, this was an armed robbery. As far as I'm concerned, they would, and they wouldn't give them money out of the till. They were saying, there's no, there's nothing in the till for you. Just leave, just leave. And they were kind of hanging around. They weren't, they weren't leaving on their own free will. You know, and they finally left the store and, uh, the store went into lockdown when i left the store i walked into the mall and apparently they went through the mall that's attached to the lc and they raised the ruckus through the whole mall they attacked a couple of ladies in the mall apparently and uh at the end of the day i believe uh somebody actually somebody actually caught one of them and held them down until the police got there and the police actually took one of them into custody in the mall yeah outside the out the back door of the mall correct 
you know, this is the first time we're seeing such violence. I'm not saying it hasn't happened before this, but we're seeing it now in this video where this young employee of the liquor store gets hammered. I mean, closed fist, this guy nails her in the head. She was sent to hospital with a head injury. Did you see that? What were you thinking as that was going down? Honestly, I had a real guilty conscience in my mind that I that I wasn't doing anything about it. You know, every everything everything in you, everything most men want to do something about that, but my first priority is to protect my family and 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 that you know, that's what goes through your mind. What what happens if something happens to me in this scenario? They they really were just the the checkout stands are so close to the exit door there that they were they were kind of in between them and the door type thing. It was awful to see. But they walked in, in my mind, that they walked in with the intent to injure, in my mind. They, they, this wasn't, you know, a couple of 14-year-old kids going on a ransacking mode. These guys had, like I said, they had knives. They warned everybody they had knives. They were, they were, out, to, they were out to hurt somebody if they got in their way. Did you see any other weapons or just knives? Just the knife. He showed it to me. They, they turned at me and they, 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 they swore and yelled at us. Come near us, we'll stab you. And there was another customer in the store, two of you. What did the other customer do? Same thing, just sort of went, wow, I can't believe this is happening? Yeah, there, there, was, there was a, a middle-aged woman, and I can't speak for her what was going through her mind either. But, yeah, it was, uh, it, it, we couldn't believe it was happening type thing, and we kind of just really stood off to the opposite side of the store where, from where the tills were, where they had to leave the store. Yeah, it was awful. When the female worker uh, got hit badly... It seemed like the yeah. older male worker kind of stepped in to say, hey, knock it off, and then they went after him as well. Is that kind of how it went down? Yeah, it was all pretty quick there, but that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of that's how it went down, yeah. He did his best to push him out the door and get him out the door, and that's kind of what got them out of the store, you know? And, yeah, they, they, they were hitting him and attacking him as he tried to push him out the door as well. But, uh, and then there's a security guard in the store that did absolutely nothing. You know, yeah. I don't know what his job is or what his responsibilities are. I know he's not a cop, but I don't even know why they have a security guard there. Just stands there and does nothing. I think a lot of people are having that same thought as they watch the video, yeah. How long did all this take, start to finish? They walked in, they walked out. How long? Honestly, probably five minutes. And I'm, I don't know if they if, if this needs to be on record or not, um, but the one of the staff women there, uh, it either shock or if she did get hit, but she ended up having medical conditions. She was having seizures after she was, she was not doing well. That's the girl that got taken to the hospital because she had seizures for like 10 or 15 minutes there. So it wasn't the young woman that got hit that was taken to hospital. It was another worker. Yeah. I, the woman who got hit in the head, I'm not sure if she ended up did going to the hospital as well as a result of that. But yeah, one of the other employees, she ended up having some pretty bad seizures and, uh, She's the one that got taken away in the ambulance. Wow. Winnipeggers and Manitobans, Pat, have been talking about this for weeks. A lot of people have been saying somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody has now been hurt. Uh, did you get much sleep last night? And as you got up this morning, what are your thoughts? It's only going to keep getting worse. I mean, social media is what spreads this news around. So now they're going in with the intent to, to not get their faces on camera. That was, that's what I thought of it. You know, they they threatened everybody so that nobody's going to take pictures of them or 
are, you know, getting their way. I, I'm not sure about that, but I didn't sleep all that well, and uh, it's not going to stop me from buying my bottle of whiskey, but uh, something's got to be done. I just can't believe it's taken this long for somebody to get hurt, honestly, and I can't believe it hasn't been taken care of. This problem can be taken care of. We've heard it on your shows. The public have given enough recommendations on how to solve some of these issues, but nothing's being done. That is a listener, Pat. He was one of two people in that Tyndall Park Liquor Mart when that violent robbery occurred. That conversation about 10 o'clock this morning. Right now, Danny Schur and Marshall Williams here with us. Marshall, we'll get to you in a second. Good to see you. Nice to meet you. Uh, nice to meet you too, Hal. I may recognize you from a TV show or two, <laughs> so I'm anxious to chat with you. Danny Schur, of course, a Winnipegger, well-known Winnipegger. And congratulations on the movie stand. We've been talking about this, and you have news. We have news. It is opening November 29th from sea to shining sea in Canada. Well, I, I couldn't be more thrilled, as is the male co-star Marshall Williams. Well, oh, absolutely. Yeah, at Cineplex. It is, yep. And in town, it'll be just meters away from here at uh, Polo Park Cineplex, right. plus the McGilvery. And does this come from your very successful screening at TIFF in Toronto? Is is that kind of how this happens? You've got to get attention, don't you? Exactly, and that's exactly how it happened. They saw that there was an audience. They loved the movie. And, you know, usually Canadian movie gets five screens, but they gave us the whole country because they said, we like this movie, and we like what you're doing with it. Isn't that great, eh? Yeah, it's really great. This has been a long haul for you, Danny. Like, I mean, think about, you know, that original idea in your head a long time ago. It became Strike, now the movie Stand. I mean, just talk about that journey you've been on. Well, way back in 2005 at Rainbow Stage, second last day of the stage musical Strike. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum sitting beside me because he was in a relationship with Winnipeg's Catherine Reeford, right. who's a female star. Yeah. He watches the stage show, turns to me and says, big story, big ideas. It would make a great movie. And I thought, well, if Jeff Goldblum thinks so, Right. For Pretty sure. high praise, eh? And in my naivety, I thought, well, it'll take two or three years. And here we are, <laughs> 15 years later. It was gross. 15 years later. Yeah. Uh, introduce us to Marshall. Why Marshall. This man uh, <laughs> is one of the most talented guys I know, a multi-instrumentalist, singer, uh, Winnipegger, and a star of glee. Uh, I mean, he's just incredible and a great actor. He plays Stefan Sokolowski, the son of Mike Sokolowski, yep. in Stand. I'll let him tell you the rest. Well, so let me ask you a quick, by the way, my wife and I, Jackie, my wife and I, we love Glee. So you've got me right right off the hop. Oh, it's okay? great to hear. And thank yeah. you, Danny, for the excellent introduction. That's uh, <laughs> probably the nicest things people have ever said about and me. And I'll tell you something about Danny. Off air, when Danny, Danny's been on several times, and I've known Danny a long time. When he's off air, you should hear the praise that he heaps on you and, and others that have been involved in this project. Uh, he's so proud of the work that you've done. Why did you want to be a part of this project? You know uh, the Winnipeg story, you know, all that stuff, but why was it important for you to be a part of it, Marshall? Uh, I guess from the get-go, like, the fact that it's a musical, I always found that when you get to combine music and acting and singing and performing at the same time, that's probably the, 
the jobs that make me feel the best. So like Glee was a great example of that. Stan was a great example of that. Yeah. Uh, and it's definitely what I have the most interest in. And then once you actually get into the story of the plot and the script and whatnot, um, it's a very uh, encouraging story. There's a lot going on in it. And it's about your hometown. And I get to do a project in my hometown of Winnipeg, which you rarely get to do. Right. Yeah. And it's so damn well written. <laughs> yeah. Rick, that was Rick the next line. That was his next <laughs> yeah, line. Yeah. yeah. It's hey, excellently written, Danny. So, how did you end up, you know, growing up in, you grew up in Winnipeg, right? I did, yeah. How did you end up, you know, a kid in Winnipeg and, and went on to do television and movies? And how did that all happen for you? Oh, uh, well, I actually had no ambition to be in acting or in entertainment at all. I, uh, I grew up just being interested in music. So I like wrote songs in my basement, started playing drums in like grade four, then guitar, bass, random instruments like euphonium, mm. flute, uh, didgeridoo. And then I tried out for Canadian Idol while I was Did playing. Did you bring your didgeridoo with you, by the way? Because I, I was going to get you to do a solo. I, see, I was trying to get Danny <laughs> to let me do it, and he just wouldn't. He wouldn't like, let you I was do like, it. Oh, right? man, I tried Damn really it. hard, though. Oh, I was looking forward to that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, basically, uh, I was playing football at University of Manitoba, and uh, I tore my calf. So I was like, oh, well, and, uh, oh, well. I auditioned for Canadian Idol, and then I got cut at Top 40. Yeah. But when I was in Toronto, they told me to go visit some modeling agencies. So I just literally Googled modeling agencies and the people <laughs> I got the best vibe from yeah, uh, right. I signed with. Uh, but it wow. ended up being Ford Models. So when I came back in my second season, uh, I tore my calf. And I was like, well, this isn't really turning out for me. I'm just yeah. a Band-Aid in football. Football might not be the way to go. No. and then yeah. and So I moved to Toronto, and I was like, oh, I could do... Football, go to school and model, and then did uh, modeling for like a year or two, and then ended up on this show. And the producers really liked me, and they were like, "Hey, you should get into acting." And it was like yeah. this cast job in New York at the time. So I did the same thing. I googled a bunch of talent agencies in Toronto, and then I just showed up, and I was like, "Hey, I model. I can play some instruments. I sing." And it was a musical theater agency, so mm. I thought that was my best hit. Yeah. And then just started auditioning. Found a guy that uh, believed in me, and. Yeah. Oh, oh, your phone. Siri, get out of here, Siri. Siri's what are you talking doing? to you. But perseverance, I guess, right? Like opportunity yeah. and perseverance. I mean, that's, you know, kind of yeah. what it's about, I suppose. Eh? I, I think so for sure. Like being um, probably the most important thing is when opportunity presents itself, uh, saying yes and accepting it, mm -hmm. but also having the things in your back pocket to ex actually execute on that opp opportunity. Yeah. You know, Danny, obviously this movie is of interest to us here, right, in Winnipeg and in, in Manitoba. Now it's going to be in Cineplex theaters across the country uh, starting not tomorrow but next Friday, so Correct. a week from tomorrow, right across the country. Right. Why will other Canadians want to see this movie? I mean, it, it, it really is an incredible story aside from the facts of the history of it, right? I mean, sure, it's history, but the reason we made it is because it's talking about today. You know, mm -hmm. the big metaphor is 100 years ago is today. Right. So it talks about stuff that people are interested in. Gee, immigrants. We haven't heard anything about that in the last Not week. Not at all. <laughs> uh, and, you know, of course it's set against a labor event, but it's it's about all the society 100 years ago, which is really... A lot like today, especially in regards to like uh, immigration, discrimination of minorities and indigenous people. So, I mean, the movie's got lots to say and um, the proofs in the pudding. We got a deal for Japan and for the States. So our 
story is clearly a metaphor because people in Santa Monica on November 9th from Japan watched it knowing nothing and said, we like this. Can we put it out in Japan? So that makes me feel incredible. And it's a measure of this guy sitting beside me, what he was able to do with that role. Right. And the, and the other actors and performers and, and the music and, and the words, you mm-hmm. know, all of it, right? Yep. Yeah. Really proud of you, Danny. Well, thanks very much, Hal. Yeah. Uh, Marshall and I are proud Winnipeggers. And the other thing I would say is it's a musical. Who doesn't like a musical? Yeah. Really, you know? Right. They're really hard to make. Nine out of ten kind of stink. This one doesn't. Can I ask you? <laughs> can I, well, no, I like it. Can I ask you a question? Would you do it all over again? I mean, the journey has not been easy. No. Oh, man. Everyone asks me that. At this very moment, uh, I would be hard-pressed to say yes because it was... <laughs> I love was, the honesty. It was life-threatening, literally. I had a heart attack on September 29th. I'm okay. I got total clearance from my doctor. But uh, this September 29th, this September 29th, it was in the wow. paper. Hall. <laughs> and I don't re- what's a newspaper? <laughs> and, I'm more immediate than that. <laughs> and um, certainly, stress was a factor, yeah. but uh, I'm also the luckiest guy on the planet because now I know and now I know what to do. Mm-hmm. So, do I have another movie in me? Maybe. Really? Yeah. But I definitely want to be a composer. My next thing is a musical about Riel. Hmm. There is a role nice. for you, Marshall. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So that's the little uh, grain that's starting to sprout in Danny Shore's oh, brain. I, I eh? could finish it in three weeks, but there could be two years of work still on the movie. So mm-hmm. let's talk when the movie's all done. Sounds good. Let's enjoy the success of this one, and then Thanks. best of luck with the future one. Thank you, Hal. Danny Schur, thank you for uh, thank you for coming in. Really appreciate it. And Marshall Williams, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too, Hal. Good Winnipeg kid, doing well. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, guys. Danny Schur, Marshall Williams, again, Stand will be in Cineplex Theaters right across the country a week from tomorrow, next Friday, and you'll be able to see it here in Winnipeg at Polo Park and over on McGillivray. Animal communicator Morgan Safer is here. Uh, it's actually J Morgan Safer, it is but Jay I can Morgan. call you Morgan. Oh, That's is it? What, well, people call me Morgan. Apparently, J Morgan was a little too confusing for some. No, people. I like J Morgan. Okay, no, I'm J Morgan Safer. Nice okay. to meet you. <laughs> you Get a little closer to the microphone. Okay. So you are from? Yeah, just slide your chair in there. I realize it's I'm kind so of a, short. No, you're not. <laughs> um, you are from Winnipeg. I am. And you are now. I would call you a pet psychic, but it's the an, you're an animal communicator. Is it? I do. Well, I communicate with all species. So um, any, I call it actually an interspecies communicator. The term pet psychic to me seems a little, you know, airy fairy. So I yeah. like to have it be a little bit more substantial. Um, animal communication is sort of the way yeah. I, my title, I guess. And I found out about you. Uh, Sam Thompson, one of our online journalists, is friends with the filmmaker that you're working with, Kaylin Hanishuk. She is with Astral Projector Films. Yes. And she's doing a mini-series. The mini-series is called Out of This World. You're going to be filming on Saturday, and you're going to be one of the episodes in this mini-series. That's correct. So how many animals will you be talking to on Saturday? All dogs, some cats, birds? What animals can you communicate with? Well, I can communicate with all animals. Um, and, you know, I've worked with, uh, obviously, cats and dogs, horses, parrots, um, rats. Um, however, on Saturday, we're going to be communicating with, for sure, one cat, um, and I believe two or three dogs, depending on how much time we have. 
Is one animal a dog easier than a cat, or are they all kind of the same? They're all the same. They have the same consciousness that people do. So when I communicate with you, it's the same thing as communicating with it. Obviously, they don't speak English, but in terms of body language and and energy and things like that, it's the same as communicating with a person. Now, I was distracted. The weather (laughs) jingle ran and ran there because I was talking to you because I was just about to show you a picture of my dog, Hershey. I am a huge animal lover, especially dogs. And I really believe in people like you. Sure, there are charlatans out there and people that don't have the ability to do this stuff. But I really believe some do. And I've heard very good things about you. Oh, thank you. So what do the animals typically tell you? Do they tell you that they're happy? What bothers them? What do they say to you? Well, generally speaking, um, every animal is different. So if I was to ask 50 different humans the same question, I'd get 50 different answers. Sure. But, you know, people will usually call me in because their animal is acting a certain way or behaving or they're... they're um, you know, a digestive system is off and the vet can't picture or put it put it into perspective about what it is. But generally what they'll tell me if I have sort of just a one-on-one connection is if they're happy, if they like their food, um, you know, if, they're at, if their person is nice to them or, you know, and, you know, across the board, animals are like sponges. So they do pick up on all the energy of their people and, the, and then there's everyone in their home, uh, the energy of their environment. And so they'll sort of relate to me, okay, my person has anxiety and it's causing me to have anxiety. So, hmm. you know, can you help my person so I feel a little bit better? Uh, it's kind of, it's, you know, animals are sponges, and that's that's pretty much the bottom line is they'll pick up on whatever their person is doing. That's interesting because I find that Hershey, when I go home, uh, she's all, she always seems happy to see me, but yet they do pick up on our stresses, our being upset about something, whatever, right? Absolutely, 100%. Mm. And, you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're in their head, their consciousness is that they want to support us. They want to help us through all the, all the hard times that we face um, as humans in, in this world, obviously. It's, not a, it's, not, it's a pretty challenging time for us, you know, at this day and age. Animals are here to support us, and all they'd like in return is, you know, a little love and a little respect and a little acknowledgement. Now, you're psychic, is that the right word to use, or intuitive? I like the intuitive is a little better, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're intuitive. Uh, Does it only work for you with animals, or does it work with humans, too? I work with people, too, You work with people, too. Although I focus my business on animals because it's my passion, yeah. Yeah, and let's face it, people will spend a lot of money on their animals, right? I mean, you're in the right area, (laughs) you know? Um, Can you tell us what you would charge? Like, you do it over the phone or in person if you're in Winnipeg, but you do this everywhere. You travel all over the place. I work, I work across Western Canada. I do spend the winter in California, so I do a lot of work on the phone with Canadians while I'm down there. Um, I charge $90 an hour on the phone and 120 in person. I do obviously on the phone have shorter sessions, so I have half-hour sessions for 55 and 45-minute sessions for 75. Um, and it really just depends on, you know, if somebody has, say, four animals, and obviously I can't read four animals in a half-hour, so then right. it would be a little bit longer. I do only do an hour session in person because it really takes an hour to to get to know the animal in the person and get to the person's home and communicate yeah. the person and, and such. So, um, And I do teach courses on animal communication and animal Reiki. Really? Yes. And a lot of it is, uh, is it that they don't speak to you, really? You, you said it's a bunch of stuff, including body language. Right. Well, I mean, animals will communicate in one of several ways. For me, I'm very, I'm very clairvoyant. I see things. I'm very picture-oriented. So they'll often show me pictures of things that are going on, and my intuition will discern what the picture means. It's kind of like dream interpretation. It's Kind of like somebody says, well, I dreamt A, B, and C, what does it mean? And then my intuition says, okay, well, this sort of, uh, everything sort of checks and checks in a certain way. And 
make sense to me. And then I ask the person, well, does this make sense? And they say, well, yeah, my animal's been having stomach aches and, you know, okay, the food isn't right. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's largely also nutritional based. Animals are very unhappy because they're not eating properly. You know, uh-huh. I have a huge, you know, my soapbox is animal nutrition. I could go on for hours, but I won't. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of the things they talk a lot about. Oh, eh? yes, is the animals yeah. go, hey, the my, like, tummy my, hurts. my person's feeding me crap. Yep. Wow. Yep. I'm just going to say one thing, Hal. Kibble is not food. That's all I have to say. Okay. If you want to learn more, please contact me or, or visit my website or whatever. Oh, and what is your website, by the way? It's www.soulstice um, at, at, no, I was going to say at Gmail, uh, solstice-spirit.com. Solstice-spirit.com. S-O-U-L, solstice. Okay. And if anybody, if it's easier just to email me, hal at cgob.com or or phone or text, I'm happy to pass on your info. Thank you I've already booked her in. I've already got (laughs) Jay Morgan booked in to meet Hershey and and see Hershey. What's the craziest thing a pet has ever said to you? Oh, boy. Um, Well, I mean, it depends what you consider crazy because I hear, you know, animals live in, if you can wrap your head around this, animals live in more than just the third dimension. So sometimes they'll see spirits in the home and they'll say, you know, my per- there are shadows on the wall and I don't know what they are. Um, you know, and a lot of times animals, no matter where the person is, you know, if the person's in another city, the animal will pick up on what the person's feeling or thinking because they're very telepathically connected. Hmm. So a lot of the, the what most people would consider to be crazy, it's quite normal to me. But if sure. you really understand the concept of energy and, uh, and the, you know, telepathic communication, yeah. it's actually all pretty normal. So when the dog's looking at that corner yep. up in the air and growling or barking, chances are they really are seeing something maybe in an another dimension. It's, it's very possible. Of course, I like to rule out the medical issues behind yeah. that. But, you know, if your dog or cat doesn't have any pre-existing, you know, brain issues, then absolutely. I had my very first cat. She didn't see spirit. She was just very connected to my heart. And my I have a new kitten now, and she's very connected to spirit. And she's actually, I haven't had any entities in my house in four months that I've had her. So for me, that's a really big deal because stuff follows me home all the time as a medium. So, yeah. um, so she's kept those at bay. And they're really quite magical creatures. They really do try and protect us uh, to the best of their ability. Jay Morgan, really nice to meet you. We got to, I, I, we did didn't have enough time. We're going to have you back another time, but good luck with the filming on Saturday. Thank you so much. And then I'm going to let everybody know when that episode of Out of This World is available. It's going to be available early in December, I think, on uh, Kaylin's YouTube channel, Astral Projector Films. So I'll make sure you know about that when it happens. And uh, the website again, quickly. www.soulstice Spirit. Jay Morgan Safer, an animal communicator from right here in Winnipeg. Thank you so much, Winnipeg. Thank you, yes. (laughs) Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.